joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular, then welcome back. This is Trust Me, I'm a Student, where we demystify co-production. For those who'd like to know more about what co-production is, have a listen to our first episode, Co-Production 101. I'm Madeline, and I'm part of a team of 11 student partners who have been evaluating the Greater Manchester University's Student Mental Health Service. This week, we've got Alice and new partner to the podcast, Shaheen, talking about student co-production more widely. We've seen the potential it has through our service evaluation and other NHS university partnerships, and we'd love to see universities incorporate co-production within their own university communities and make it the norm. Hi, my name is Shaheen. I'm in my final year of Integrated Master's in Biomedical Science at Manchester Metropolitan University. Hi, I'm Alice. Um, I've just finished my undergraduate degree at the Royal Northern College of Music, um, and I've been studying violin performance. Um, so today, I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion, actually. We're going to be talking about co-production in a student context, so kind of looking at it more widely than just co-production in terms of an evaluation of a mental health service. So we're going to be looking at kind of universities and services working alongside students, scrapping the idea of hierarchy between students and staff, um, and together students and staff kind of collecting feedback, um, acting on it, and making really informed decisions together. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, I was on the RNCM Student Union, and one of my biggest priorities was definitely really making sure that students felt heard and we were representing their voice. Um, but then when it came to it, uh, despite the fact that I was kind of trying to set up feedback opportunities, I actually really struggled a lot to get students to give the feedback that they had. So we had forums, staff, student meetings, uh, anonymous forms, kind of tried everything. Um, but we didn't really get much feedback at all, positive or negative. Um, and for a long time, I was, I was definitely a bit confused and a bit, I don't know, it's a bit frustrating actually, because that's all I wanted to do was kind of collect that and make change based on it. Um, but now having done this job and understood about co-production, I've definitely realised that we, would, we weren't working with the students to create the solutions and act on the feedback. All I, I think all I wanted to do and all the uni wanted to do was hear the feedback and then they would do what they wanted to do rather than rather than working with the students, hearing their feedback, making the changes with them together and empowering the students to be involved in those decisions. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I feel like I've learned a lot and if I'd gone back in time by two years, there's probably quite a lot I would have done differently had I known about co-production. So for me, co-production, uh, I was kind of introduced to co-production um, through being a student representative with the Science and Engineering International Luzon Committee. So there I was a student representative and every term we had a meeting where I would attend with uh, different staff and members from different faculties, professional service, that includes the administrative service, recruitment, marketing and so on. So they used to sit down and discuss how to improve uh, rather the student life for international students. So which actually surprised me because coming to UK, I didn't really expect that, you know, that the university would value the experience of international students that much. So at that point of time, I 
I thought that it was just a feedback kind of thing where I would go sit down and just give my thoughts, my experience. Mm-hmm. But they actively would ask me to participate in different areas of within the uh, international office as well. So it wasn't just about giving feedback. I think co-production comes in when a student is able to actively contribute as well when you're making the changes, especially when it is something for students themselves. And for example, recently now, um, my lecturer uh, or my supervisor has asked me to like, uh, give a presentation or even facilitate a workshop for um, improving ways of assessing students, especially with you know, COVID coming in. You know, we had to change the way that we learn from going face-to-face learning to online learning. But then now we are thinking on exploring how we can do that blended learning to deliver much better. I mean, surprisingly, online learning worked much better for me compared to face-to-face in certain aspects. Fair and it's in for some students, it might not have worked. So we kind of try to find a balance because we always talk about how student needs needs to be addressed. So I really like that there is an opportunity for me to go and not only put in my feedback, but actually to do something as well. Mm, that is so good. Like, like I feel like it's quite rare for a uni to do that. Do you think then, Shaheen, based on the fact that you did that prior to this job, do you think it made a big difference to like your understanding of co-production coming into this and how you've like worked on yeah. our project? You see, that's the interesting thing. I never even knew the word co-production until uh. I came into this project because all I thought was I was just giving feedback or maybe and I kind of felt happy that I was able to do something, mm. but I never really knew that this is what it meant mm. to do. So this word actually kind of explained in a very concise way what I was already doing. So I guess co-production, the word itself is not well known. Mm. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? And so... I mean, that's exactly what I'm kind of reflecting on looking back, is there were students such as you that were willing to give up their time to give feedback, but you actually felt motivated to come back every time and give more, and you've literally like seen the changes that you've brought in, and that's proof, isn't it, that like you will come back and you'll give more feedback if you're actually involved in the decision-making. Exactly. Like One of the things when I was a representative of the International Youth Committee is... Uh, when you come in as a new student, you could be an international student, literally anywhere within the UK, you come to a new city, you're surrounded by new people, you don't know what it is like, you know, and you're really young, you want to get to know people, but you don't know w- which are the avenues to go to. I think the first thing that comes to mind is to go to freshers' parties, but you kind of, maybe it doesn't suit you, like I wasn't the kind of person my first year to, you know, Right, go there and socialize. I needed some way, you know, a structured kind of program to kind of socialize myself. So during that meeting, I said about, you know, what would be nice? It would be nice to have a buddy program so that I, like, I'm a shy person. (laughs) So it's nice to have a buddy program to go and buddy with someone who's already been a student here and just, you know, make friends with them, buddy with them, follow them to lectures and see how things go. And interesting enough, I didn't know that that existed until my second year of uni. But when I brought it up, they said, hey, but we already have that buddy system. So it was like all these kind of different services or different kind of programs already exist in the uni. But it just doesn't reach the students unless you go forward and ask. But how many of us are like going and asking? And even then, is it a widespread kind of knowledge? 
mm. within the university to come and say, oh, we have these services. So it's just, I guess, the outreach is something that should be explored. Mm. At least that's something that you've brought up in this kind of feedback meeting, like thought about how to get the outreach. That is the thing. Once I brought it up, there was an internet link apparently on the website. So now whenever they have Freshers' Week or whenever they have the Welcome Week, it is printed on the pamphlet that they give out to students so they could immediately sign up so now students know where to go and have a look so you see how the feedback works Mm. that's really cool that's really cool i mean yeah so that literally is exactly what i wanted to see whilst i feel like whilst whilst i was looking at the rntm um and the thing that i found difficult was that i being behind the scenes like so i I worked full-time so i wasn't a student that year and seeing behind the scenes, sitting in every meeting, that kind of thing, I really saw that actively they were like trying to gather the student voice, and they were like, if you gave feedback from like things on your course to the fact that the hot water taps weren't hot enough past ten o'clock at night, I think that was a problem at one point. They would actively like be like, right, that's the problem. We're gonna go and fix it, but they just didn't hear about most of the things, and so, and I get it because prior to that, I'd spent three years at the RNTM. And they'd send out emails each year, who wants to be a student rep? And I was like, no way am I going to waste my time being a student rep, it's not for me. Um, because because you just don't feel like it's valuable. And so I remember I sat in that position um, on the Students' Union, and one of my first jobs was, right, so you need to get a rep for every course. In a quite small uni, um, sent out the emails, we got like, what, like three responses, and we needed like 20 reps or something. And it was such a mission to recruit people, um, which was frustrating anyway, because like, oh, look, we've got these kind of forums and boards where, you know, you can do things for your students. Um, but I mean, I think in the end, when we recruited them, I think it's just a little bit sorry for me, because we knew how much I spent begging to find student reps. Um, but then when we were on these forums, it was then trying to maintain people coming to them as well. So we had all mm-hmm. the reps. Uh, we've got these specific meetings for them to come to. I think it's only like one or two a term, but still really kind of people just trying to give up these hours to go. But as things get busier, like it's just not a priority. People weren't that interested in going. Um, I don't know. I found it hard. I found it a bit frustrating. But now, having heard your experience and having worked on this project, I'm like, no wonder people couldn't be bothered because, yeah, you'd go along and they were like, we want to hear the student voice, list off all the things that, you know, the feedback you've been given, which all the reps was quite minimal as well people wouldn't even tell them we've got a problem um but list off of things we're going to go and fix them and then the next meeting they'd give like an update of like right we've fixed xyz um based on the student feedback but there was no like right this is the problem how are we going to think about this together what can we do in the future Uh, i think it would have been so cool and kind of confidence confidence building for all the students involved on these forums, if they'd said, right, we've heard your point, we really respect your point, and we value what you think we need to do next. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, even though I was, <laughs> bless the RNTM, I, I was like, oh, it's cool that they are trying to get feedback. It's only now, looking back, having done this project, bless me, I tried as well. Looking back, having <laughs> done this project, I'm like, no wonder people weren't doing it. So all we did was literally just take down their words and then go and do something slightly based on what we thought was best for the students rather than listening to them 
and actually actively knowing what they wanted what they wanted to be changed how they wanted to be changed it in what way so I don't know there's a, there's a lot that I'd love to be able to pass back to the RMCM and to other institutions like it would take a lot of time to just working with students for for the ch to make a change because you wouldn't be wasting time guessing oh right students have a problem with that I'll guess how we should fix it and then they might still have a problem with it you kind of skip that stage and you just find the fixes to things much more easily exactly the so co-production is just to have students get involved have them participate in the change itself mm. rather than you know just taking the feedback and trying to bring someone else to bring the change on it as well because what we are doing on our project is basically like when we came in we weren't like specialists at facilitating workshops we like we knew our strengths we knew what we were doing but we didn't know how to bring that all together into this project itself so like our coordinator anita she what she did was she brought in uh like um people who were specialized in facilitating workshops so that taught us how to actually facilitate workshops and then we did the workshops so that way we learned a new skill, boost our confidence, and then we were able to, you know, interview the students and make that connection and do the project that we are doing now. Mm -hmm. So, in I guess in your case, that didn't work out that way. It was just somebody else doing it. Yeah, somebody ran the team of reps. They told the reps what to do, where to go. <laughs> we'll collect your feedback here. Then you'll go off, miss the rest of your term come back and get an update do you know what I mean it's completely different isn't it mm. yeah I think um, definitely one of the most valuable things about us being on this project you know is the fact that as student partners speaking to service users of a student's mental health service means that we have such a kind of we have such good links there already with them like you've already touched on you know we have really really direct insight and obviously experience of being students too um, and we're, I'd say, far more aware of the difficulties that students might be facing in 2021 compared to the the um, compared to the expectations of any staff member. Like I think, unless you're living it, it's unlikely that you'll ever you're ever really really going to know. And I think that's such a valuable part of us being student partners is that we are students too. Exactly. I think beyond students ourselves we were students with whoever we were like interviewing like we were literally living through whatever our service users in our project were experiencing especially the changes with going to online learning mm. you know the kind of stress that uh, they faced as well we were put in similar situations while we were working within this project and so like you said you know we're just living through it we are not like um unlike p people who might have graduated a few years ago or people who are already staff members even though they would have experience facing lots of students for many years you know what we are doing now we get the insights and we mm -hmm. know what it feels like that we can relate and that it, that it, it breaks the hierarchy that's mm -hmm. what it is there's no hierarchy in co-production we are all equal partners that's what we are doing <laughs> and i think also um we as a team of uh, student partners on this specific project we all obviously feel passionately about students mental health and a lot of that comes from the fact that we 
personally have experienced regarding perhaps mental health difficulties, whether it's ourselves or kind of close family or friends. And again, having that kind of really direct and personal experience there of being a student going through that, again, it, it is another, you know, another really, really valuable um, link that helps us then when we're speaking to service users genuinely be able to relate like we don't need to put anything on do you know what I mean we don't need to um, act a certain way around service users we can be genuinely ourselves because we're also students and we've also you know experienced I guess that that side in a sense exactly I mean throughout the project we were like I mean for me I was feeling the lows many times throughout the project as well especially when you know the pandemic hit you mm. know it changed everything and then it was different it was like a drastic change for every one of us everyone had different coping mechanism and all that we just we had something to focus on because we were still doing this project and the thing is ever since this project started we've been doing remotely so we had something to focus on and like you say it's very personal so when it is very personal you want to give it your all you want to really bring out uh, the voice mm. and you know bring out the experience so that you can bring that change so we became so invested in this we you know come up with many other sub projects apart from the wider project to see how it can go together and then bring an impact mm. we were doing other creative projects to reach out to as many you know service users as well so we weren't just focusing on the service user we did like counseling and well-being service from other uni so that is how invested we were personally in this project with you Alice yeah 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 100% um, and I mean I mean I already kind of touched on it so one of the big benefits of having us I think on this project anyway and having students more widely be part of a co-production process in a in a institution for students is that like you'd be saving a lot of resources wouldn't you for the staff so like already us having that direct experience and then being able to work with students we're going to find solutions that people actually want a lot more quickly because you're saving time potentially saving a lot of money making changes that students don't even need um because of the fact that they're there will be and there is when we're doing this project there's so much less need for staff to have to guess about how to improve the the university or the service experience um, and how to improve student satisfaction like you don't need to guess because you're literally engaging with people that are living it and people feel valued and empowered enough to give that perspective Exactly, I absolutely agree with that because when I was the student representative of the committee, I saw like people from different, you know, uh, from different faculty, different departments, just sitting down and trying to talk. Okay, this is what a student wants. It, it seemed like it was a guessing game, <laughs> based on like, um, I guess they were going on to number of students or maybe the amount of money that was invested and all sorts of things. But one thing that they weren't able to get reach was actually what were students feeling now because mm -hmm. whatever whenever you collect data whenever you collect survey anything like that is usually it takes a few years for someone to come and you know do it but then when we are student partners itself we know what is important mm -hmm. so we bring that out 
really eliminate any other things that's out there, external factors out there, because we just focus on students itself, because that is what we know, that is what we live through. So, you know, the emphasis on that just brings up everything. Yeah, 100%. And then when you think about it, the benefit of doing that is you're, well, you're improving the student experience more effectively. So you've got satisfied students. Chances are that education is going to be better. So it's, it, you know, it's beneficial for the students and for the unis involved in making any changes. And I mean, <laughs> uh, I guess it's a bit cynical to kind of put it this way, but then from that, the unis are benefiting too because they've got students coming out probably with the best education that they could have got because they've had a good experience into further career progression they've got the confidence from having kind of co-produced and been valued in that environment anyway um i mean just a more widely you know further <laughs> career progression I mean, like generating money for the economy aren't you really i mean if the university one of the reasons universities usually are popular anyway is because students i mean th because students graduate and have better graduate outcome you know they land in really good uh jobs have really good careers uh, that is why probably a university will really be popular other than beyond the academic structure or the curriculum that a uni provide, the experience that they provide. I mean, just imagine if a university would to actually promote mental health that the, and students are really satisfied with the way that, you know, university works and everything. I think that will boost the rank up for any <laughs> university <laughs> will become really popular. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, what have you got? You've got, um, oh, completely gone out of my head what's it called nss <laughs> the national student survey at the end of you know everybody's uh experience at uni and that's massive oh my gosh they're all like fighting to like do their best on the ranks and you're like all of the questions are about student experiences so if students knew and i think some of the questions are even like do students feel heard la 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 like imagine imagine how good it would be if students genuinely did always feel heard and that things were acted on exactly like you know how you know there's so many like me being a, like reading a lot of research articles and everything always says that you know mental health issues always comes from a really young age by the time you're 15 you know it, it's everywhere on the statistics so when you go and talk to like students in secondary school or college most of the time they don't even have the confidence to go into uni mm -hmm. because they don't know whether they can handle the stress but imagine if they knew that the university actually supports their well-being, not yeah. only like academic-wise, but prioritizes to ease that, you know, anxiety or the stress performance itself. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I was always hung up with being like, you know, scoring that high 80s and 90s. And then it's only when I came to UK, I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I can actually step back and afford to fall a few points. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really need that high 90s anymore. So, and that that mentality actually made me focus on other things, like this project for once. Mm. And I was able to do way more rather than being hung up on one thing. So, I guess that's what my uni helped me so far. Mm. Your uni sounds great, to be fair. I actually love the sound of this. Sounds, sounds very forward thinking. I think I think it's quite rare. I haven't heard of other unis that seem so focused on working like with the students to make changes. It's cool. Do you know what I was thinking about? Um, the idea of like there's a lot of authority going on at every uni except for MMU. We've just established. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's not just um, 
at your uni or in an institution, is it? It's mm-hmm. just like widely in like all of our lives, you know, you've always got that kind of figure of authority and then this hierarchy there. Um, so you can see why I think going into like giving, sorry, to go back to the idea of like going into a uni, going into a forum and giving feedback. I think you kind of just assume based on the fact that we're in this society where we're so used to there being authority that we can only tell authority like this much really politely and then wait and see what they do. It's kind of strange to knock down those walls and everybody be on a level level playing field. Like it, it goes against what we're used to. Yeah, because like growing up, you know, since you're young, you're like for me, my mother always said before she sent me to school, I still remember, listen to your teacher, always <laughs> listen to what your teacher says. And then when I get back home, and then my mother would lecture me about how I should listen to my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles. And then because that is a sign agreeing to them or staying silent is a way of showing respect. Mm. Even though that I may not particularly agree with their idea, comments or anything like that. Staying silent because it's the figure of authority, you know, because you are a child, you, you do not have the experience or you do not have uh, the kind of knowledge as much as an adult would have to form an opinion or express yourself. And then f- for me growing up, I always thought that if I went to a Western world, I always thought that, oh, once you're 18, you're an adult. But then it was only when I came here, when I came here, I think 21. So that was technically an adult, <laughs> you know, it's a legal mm-hmm. age and everything. But it was also a phase of growing out of childhood and transitioning into young adult and then like that is still I would say that mentally I'm still transitioning in it because I don't know every day I wake up and I'm like wow I'm an adult now I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) I have no clue I feel that I do (laughs) (laughs) you know I my birthday was just last month and then I was like filling out a form this month someone asked me how old are you and I was like 21, 22, and then, yeah, no, but you did It's coming around there. <laughs> I get you. And so do you think, actually, it's quite an interesting concept. Do you think the kind of culturally from being at home for you yeah, compared to being here, do you think there's anything different in the sense of like, so you grew up and I know you spoke before about the fact that you were like, you, you know, your family know best mm-hmm. and you just kind of tell them and you know at when you're young at home you found that you didn't you couldn't really be the person driving all the decisions do you think there's a difference between at home for you compared to the when you came to the UK or do you think it's been I think when I came world? to the UK I didn't have anyone telling me anything what to do so it was a, like a kind of freedom as well but that is where empowerment comes in as well mm. is when I learn how to like use that freedom to make decision like you know when you started off saying that well-informed decision yeah. i kind of need to know what i'm doing to make a decision yeah, in yeah, the yeah. beginning so if i don't know what i'm doing or like when i explained earlier that i don't know what are the avenues to reach out to i can't actually decide something for myself so i need all the information mm. so that i can actually make a decision that i want for myself i think you were seeing disney like you know tangle there will be a whole entire song about how mother knows best. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole wow. entire Disney princess thing goes on about how mothers knows best. Yeah. Or how parents knows best. And, you know, so it's not just a cultural thing. It's a worldwide thing mm-hmm. as well about having a figure of authority throughout your life. And then suddenly, wham, 
you're thrown in to make your own decision for yourself. So <laughs> maybe do that. <laughs> How do you do that without actually making mistakes, especially mistakes that might end up causing things like, for example, your academics, you know? I guess then the question that kind of um, comes to next is how, because of the fact that we're so kind of got ingrained in us, authority, mother knows best, the vice chancellor of your uni knows best, how do we convince them that actually trust what the students are saying? Give us your <laughs> stop laughing at me, Shaheen. I thought that was quite a good joke. Mother knows best. The vice chancellor knows best. How do we convince them that um, actually students are worth partnering with? Like they can make help you make them informed decisions. Because I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of vice chancellors out there that are not going to trust it straight away. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I can say one thing. <laughs> I can say one thing. Like for me, I would say that I come. I'm not. I'm, I, I, like I'm pretty sure people listening to this from my accent they will find out where I'm from and everything. If you go <laughs> see, but from the change of being in different countries itself, uh, like coming from somewhere where you know the idea is to like oh, do something that benefits the family, do something that benefits the community. Mm. That is your first priority. So, uh, you know, like, you know, trying to not really focus on your individuality that much. <laughs> but when I came to the UK, it was completely different. Everyone had a space. So mm. there was that kind of a cultural difference that kind of helped me build the confidence itself. Like, if anyone, like, you know how you say the vice chancellor thing, <laughs> I would say, look at me. You know, I went from like literally having no clue of nothing like that. Mm. Like if you were to see like Shaheen like from like four years ago, probably you would not believe that this is a Shaheen now today. Because yeah. I, like I have done so many things that I would not have done if I was back home. It's simple as that. Like it's just like how I said that now I'm invited to present on how to change the way students learning yeah. can be done. I mean, I've not even finished my degree, for <laughs> sake, and I'm already presenting in conference. I'm already facilitating workshops on how to do all these kind of things. So it's just, you know, the opportunity. You need to give the opportunity for yeah. students, you know, to bring that, that thing out itself. You can't just go on with... That's the thing. You can have so many years of experience of, like I say, working with students and everything, but if you're not relevant to now then how would it benefit to students now yeah you, you know you need to keep updating and then but i mean like it's really tough to keep updated because i i can tell you like for me it's our social media i i don't know <laughs> you guys way past a lot of new trends don't even understand yeah, some TikTok, point some, like some languages i don't even understand anymore few like the slangs and the words not Slang. anymore <laughs> It's hard to keep up even for myself. <laughs> I'm not that old, but you know, when you reach, you know, when you have so many years of experience and so you know, it's just, uh, I guess this is why you need to get new people to come up, mm -hmm. you know, to have the energy like we had, the drive, <laughs> you know, the passion for this project to come and do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 I completely agree. You know, I think, especially looking at this project, I certainly came in as a violinist, just played at the ATM for five years, <laughs> just playing the violin every day. So it's like, right, don't have the technical knowledge for this job. I don't really know. But we come with this valuable experience. We do. Yeah. We know. And 
you're, you're so right. I already feel old. Like, if I tried to represent students that were 14, 15 at school, yeah. I'd be useless. Like, I actually know that. Because you don't, because you're not living their experience of right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not changed since we were in 15. So I, I totally agree with you there. I really do. Plus, especially when we are working on this project, when we are really close to the people that we are making the change for, the change comes way much faster. Because we are able to produce, you know, the outputs at you know at a faster rate without having to go through so many steps, going through middlemen trying to interpret what is this means, what does this language means, yeah, it, you, you know, all these kinds of small things that actually slows down the changes that we want to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And through this project, how many months have been spending on one year? How many sub projects have we done? How many outputs have we made? You know, mm. how many things that we've already made bring changes and impact to itself? You know, by presenting our voices through uh, meetings, you know, all the national meetings, on the conferences that we have gone through, through our reports that we have generated. How long would it take if someone? who is not, you know, students to do it because they'll be still, I guess they'll be still fiddling around, trying to figure <laughs> out what the students said. Is this this? Yeah. Is that that? All no. guessing. It's, it's, it's just all guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think it is. I think another thing as well, um, especially with a service evaluation, is, you know, understandably, service users are probably going to be a bit concerned about anonymity if they're still in the service and they are going to tell us about their experience. And I think, again, I mean, you can't speak for everyone, but I think more broadly for service users and from the feedback that we've got from people that we've already spoken to, you know, you get the impression that them speaking to students makes them feel more comfortable and have more trust than if they were telling staff that experience as well. So not only are we able to more quickly kind of translate and understand students' experiences, chance they were probably also hearing a lot more of their experiences than if it was a staff member. Exactly. I think, like, if I was talking to someone with, um, someone with a similar background, someone similar to my age, I would be saying a lot more things that are personal that I would not tell someone who's an adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think you know what I mean when I say an adult here. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be telling someone who, like, I I guess it's a sense of respect showing them as well, because when you know they are staff, it, it, it's a way of, I guess for me. Is I don't want to tell them something that doesn't really, you know, match the way that they. It, it doesn't really match the way that um, that they probably grew up because I will be thinking because if I was talking to one of the staff members or let's say even like, like my aunt she was a very cool woman like I could talk anything to her. But the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say things that I probably would tell you, Alice. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, because I would be worried about, hey, what if she judges me? You know, what if yeah, she thinks she just might not get it? Yeah, like what if she changes uh, her opinion about me, or anything like that? So I wouldn't be telling her every single thing. But yeah. you know, Alice. <laughs> no, at all. <laughs> not at all. I wouldn't ask you anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think, um, do you know what I think is also cool about kind of the relationship we have within a team and with service users is the fact that we are all from very diverse quarters as well as all being very different people, but having had, um, I guess we've all had the same sort of umbrella of student experience. 
in fact, they all had a very different student experience, which I think not only brings different inputs to the project, but also, again, when communicating with students, we're aware of, like, the diversity of our experience, and we have... Do you know what I mean? So, like, I think that's really valuable, actually, to not kind of be all set in one way. You know, if we were a student partners team of only psychology students, I think speaking to other service users would be would be different because we don't know we'd all be like wow this is the student experience fair if we're working in a team of 11 of us they've all had a very widely different experience anyway we tell each other about it we bring different skills and different elements of our courses and then i think we're even more able to kind of relate to service users but also speaking to them too you know that's the thing about all these healthcare or professional courses i would say is the first thing they teach you is about professionalism so mm-hmm. you always think about in a way to bring out you know all about patients and everything so there's a way of thinking a structure that they provide when they train you to become a healthcare professional but having you guys from different diverse background it kind of breaks that as well because you bring out uh, points of view that you know coming from a healthcare perspective like psychology nursing medicine or anything like that will not bring up and then you will ask questions when we bring out about hey what does that mean mm-hmm. and then that is the point where you kind of think that this is not something a student without the background would understand so we kind of have to explain back again and actually think about does this is it is this really applicable here is it really yeah. necessary here for what we are doing is it relevant to what we're doing or are we doing it because this is what uh, is done in medicine or I- this is what is done in psychology you know so mm-hmm. Are we actually doing it for change or are we doing it for, you know, scientific contribution? <laughs> like the formality. Yeah, the formality of it. Mm. Like, because when th- I can say one thing that working with all these researchers for the uh, last one and a half years and so on, a lot of things that we do is very academic, that we want to make a scientific change. We want to r- make an impact and everything. But it's always driven, like I say, it's academic. There's so much formality with it. Mm-hmm. But then what, what we're doing as student partners here is, is quite personal, you know. Definitely. It's so direct. Yeah, and I mean, for this project particularly, we, when we came into it, the uh, Greater Manchester Combined Authority were just finishing up their kind of, I don't know the word right, their quantitative evaluation, right? Yeah, kind of surveys and things like that. There you go. That's my lack of psychology background coming <laughs> out right there. They were finishing up their evaluation, so they had that bit. You know, they had some information. They had stats, that kind of thing, and that's exactly what we're coming in to do. Then, isn't it? We're getting that personal experience, like you say. We're getting the the stories of people that are living through it, people that have come the whole way through the service, how they entered it. You know what I mean? We. That's that's our job now. We had one half already sorted. That can be done by people, you know, being specific and statsy and all sorts. But I don't think people could recreate our half of it. You know, the thing is, I will give you an example. So if you bring a sick patient and says that, like, let's say you are having a stomach pain, you go to a gynecologist, she will probably say that there's something wrong with your uterus. If you go to, let's say, uh, endocrinologist, probably will say you have a liver problem, diabetes. And then you go to a psychiatrist, he will say that you probably have anxiety, that's why you have the stomach pain. And the list goes on. So depending on what the problem you bring to people from different specialism, they will give each their own diagnosis mm. or each give them their 
idea or thoughts about what this might be. So just like that, if you bring a problem, a student problem to students, you're going to get their perspective. Simple as that. Oh, that's really cool. I like that metaphor. So true. So true. This has been a really interesting discussion, Jaheen. You've made me kind of look at it all in a very different way. But you know what? We've been chatting for a long time. We should probably start wrapping it up. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everybody that's been listening to us today. We hope that you kind of got a perspective of co-production not only in our project and in the service evaluation but also the benefits of it far more widely in a student context. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Trust Me, I'm a Student. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Trust Me, I'm a Student. There you can find tons of links and stories about co-production and videos to get to know our team better and you can find our show notes which is a PDF summary of the show if you'd like to refresh your memory later on. If you're interested in keeping up to date with our evaluation, you can follow us on Facebook at the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service Evaluation. Please remember to like us. We'd like to note that unfortunately we cannot offer mental health support through any of our channels, and if you're in need of this, you should contact your local crisis line, GP, or University Mental Health Service. Special thanks to the University of Manchester for running this evaluation project, and to the Office for Students for funding it.